When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's time to cast off to a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood for the next-gen Ford Ranger for work or play. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger, everything you need for work and play. And it is a special, I guess, week after grand final edition of Real Adventures. And unfortunately, Patrick Dangerfield, the star of the Cats game last week, isn't going to be joining us for the whole show this week, but we have a better guest, uh, well, host, I should say. Good morning, Lee Rayner. Good morning, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm going absolutely fantastic, mate. Thanks for helping us out today because, uh, as you know, Patrick, um, we're going to hear from him soon. He's going to come on as, a, as our guest today, and I wonder if he's got his voice back. Mate, I reckon, I reckon he would be a bit worse for wear at this point. Yeah, uh, old Patrick doesn't doesn't have a, a a drink too often, Leroy. Like you and I like to have a beer here and there, quiet beer. Yeah. But Patrick, Patrick's body is a bit of a temple at times, and that <laughs> temple looks like a temple in Bali that's been destroyed by monkeys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, Patrick doesn't work on the theory like my body's a temple, so I like to spoil it. He he likes to yeah. starve it of fun. Yeah, basically, he likes chocolate. So oh, does he? he likes- Caramello Koalas on the old North Bank uh, 750 in the uh, cabin's always there. They, uh, he's got packets of those, even though we've been into them, but he loves his <laughs> chocolate. But more importantly, you are joining us today to talk all things fishing, boating, the great outdoors, and, of course, we're probably going to make sense because, you know, Patrick can't catch a fish to save his life, as we know. But the Cats had a great win last week. Did you watch the grand final league? I did, mate. I've actually – I'm not a big footy fan, but I've – I've actually watched all the finals leading up to the grand final and actually really enjoyed it. And it was so good to see the boys get up last weekend. It uh, it was a not a great game as such, unless you're a Cats fan like myself. It was uh, a blowout from the Cattery, but I really enjoyed the Cats win. It was great to see Pat win one. And obviously Joel Salwood retiring during the week, one of the greats, one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet. We've seen what he's done off, on and off the field. So it was yeah. a pleasure to see. But more importantly, Lee, you've been gallivanting around in the little in the little stacer of yours, your little boat, uh, catching yep. some fish. What have you been up to in the past week? Mate, it's just, it's that exciting time of year where you, you've got options. You know, for so many months through winter, you, you're really limited. But at the moment, there's like great squid fishing. Like I've just been going on the squid, A, because there's a lot of big ones around, but B, they're just good fun and stocking up for, you know, I suppose the spring into summer fishing season and some food. But so squid, the, I got a nice gummy the other day, and that was, you know, we had terrible tides last weekend, Aaron, and I often wonder if people people look at tide changes, but do they look at what the tides are actually doing? And I know you're critical on it. You're down to the actual centimetres of the tide. So um, it was terrible tides on Friday, but those terrible tides 
made for really good fishing for gummy sharks in the western entrance of Western Port. Is that because it slows the tide down there, Lee? And traditionally, it's a faster water or faster. Yeah. Holds more tide. Yeah. It moves fast through there. So it allows you to actually fish there. Is that right? 100%, mate. It just allows you to fish. I think, you know, the fish aren't – they'll feed in those big currents, but A, then you're using massive sinkers, which I just hate. Yeah. And B, I just they just feed, I think, for a longer period when the water's not flowing as hard. They feed when the big tides are there, but you've just got that short window before the water really starts roaring. So, you know, it was a slow tide and, and you're able to – I was able to fish – I think I fished three hours before the tide change up to the slack water and I got a gummy of 14 kilos and dropped a gummy and, you know, it was just nice, easy fishing, mate. Go on, how'd you drop the gummy? This would be good. <sighs> I'll be honest, I got yep. a little bit excited and I grabbed the rod too quick. And I was so furious at myself for doing it because I'm so anal about other people. I'm like, just leave the rod, let it load. And it got to that, you know that point, Aaron, when it loads – but it's not yep. on. It's not have... on coming off the reel where you go, he's on. And I just picked the rod up too quick and I felt the hook bounce straight out of his mouth. And we're talking circle hooks, I'm Divin. Yep, circle hooks. And and what was interesting too, mate, like, you know how when we're fishing gummies, like fish baits are just so good, you know, the salmon chunks or whatever you're using. I had salmon chunks, I had yakka, and I had fresh squid from the day before. And both of the gummy bites were on squid which, you know, I love fishing squid. I just use it all the time. And I put them out more for in case there was a snapper coming past. But, yeah, both those gummy bites were on squid that day. Squid's a great bait. I just I struggle with it in the ocean. The reason that I don't use squid in the ocean, I use it more in the bay, but the reason I don't use it in the ocean is just purely because it doesn't stay down there because everything eats it so quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything wants it. Everything. Well, the one thing you don't want to be in the ocean is a pilchard or a squid because everything is. <laughs> Oh, it's uh the fishing is good. Now you've spoken a little bit about the offshore stuff. We know well the barrel tuna went a bit quiet, to tell you the honest truth, the past week. The moon probably had a little bit to do with that, but we're gonna talk a little bit about these killer whales and the impact that these these, I guess, whales, I was gonna say fish, but whales can have on the tuna fishery. Now, last year, Lee, we fished mm. out in front of Port Phillip Bay Heads as such Western Port, and we had a great tuna run. I did really well out there, and all of a sudden bang the killer whales came and see a later barrel tuna we did not see them again when they came now yep. during the week i was offshore bowen heads way i had a patch of killer whales there chris cassar was in communications with myself and he was off the back of sort of sorrento gunner Matterway. he yep. had a pack of killer whales there and also seen another pack on the way back sort of roughly around that heads area oh. now we haven't seen a tuna caught since i haven't marked a fish since yep what's your opinion on that do you think the tuna c could come back or do you reckon they've just bailed out and gone nah oh. let's leave the waters i i wouldn't be surprised if they've moved mate like you are talking about everyone talks about the great white shark as the you know the king of the sea it, it's the killer whale or the orcas. They are number one predator in the ocean for anything. They will kill great whites if they have to. They kill whales if they like to eat them. They're, they are the super predator of the ocean. So you can only imagine that a 100-kilo tuna is just a nice, easy feed for them. Um, so it makes sense that those jumbos have bailed. Look, whether they've disappeared completely, Aaron, or whether they've just shifted, but you would have to say with multiple packs of killer whales around, they have got the hell out of there, that's for sure.
Well, like the area that I was working was only the day before. I reckon I, I said to you, I spoke to you on the phone. Every patch I went over, I was sending you screenshots. I was marking six fish, yeah. nine fish, three fish. The next day, all the same life was there, the seals, the dolphins, the whales, the birds. Yep. Di- didn't mark a single tuna for the day on the sauna. Not one. And not one was no. caught either. And, no, and it, it makes sense, mate. Like, it makes sense. A tuna would be an easy feed for a killer whale. Like, they're big and they're fast, but they're nothing on a killer whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take us inland a little bit, Lee. Something that you do a lot more than me. Now, we're always talking about offshore, the bays. Take us sort of up to that, I guess, river and estuary system. We can talk about Malacuta and there's plenty of yep. other options, the Glenalgy, et cetera. Is it a good time to go fishing inland? Oh, mate, it is. It's a great time. Spring is just like it's great in the ocean. Spring is great in all your estuaries and fresh water because it's just it's just like us as humans. I always work it on us as humans. Come spring, we get these slightly warmer days. The day, daylight's longer. We want to be outside and we get active. Fish are the same. You know, the water temps start to warm up and, and all those estuary species like your flatties and that that have been a bit dormant through winter, all of a sudden they're like, yep, I'm in out and about starting to get hungry they move up on the edges you know in your lakes in your fresh water the lakes are all full men as we know we've had so much rain so all that ground's been inundated there's all drowned worms and all that so all your trout and reddies and everything moving on the edges the bait fish spawn and the bugs hatch and it's just that cycle it really is just this like cycle that that happens every single year whether it's a month later or a month early it happens every year it is a great time to fish i think it's the exciting factor that it, the fishing's not probably as good as summer but it's the fact that we've just done winter here in victoria yeah and it's yep. a prick winter we cop an absolute flogging through winter like <laughs> what we deal with is just ridiculous like <laughs> it's yep. the fishing can be hard basically there's barrel tuna barrel tuna or whiting the odd squid up the bay like it, it is hard so it is a great time it's exciting it gets you pumped up and yep. like you said before the days are longer speaking of the weather getting a bit better now a little bit different. Pat and I have spoken about this in the previous shows, but Melbourne Boat Show is on uh, in a few weeks' time. It's the 20th to the 23rd of October, roughly around then, that weekend. Tickets yep. are now uh, open to grab. They are for free, so you don't actually have to pay for them, but you still need to actually book online. Tipping it's a bit of a numbers game to get an idea of who goes. Yep. Outdoors at the Docklands have Pat and I have spoken about. Are you excited? Because we haven't had a boat show in Melbourne for a long time. I am excited, and I think I'm excited too, mate, more because it's at a new venue. Jeff Shedd has been so great, but I just wonder if, you know, it, it becomes like shelling peas. It's just been the same, same, same every year, and you can't really mix it up that much. But being at Docklands, on the water, you know, it just puts a whole new feel to it, and I, I think it's I think it's a good move. I really do. Are we worried about the weather? A little bit. It is Melbourne. I'm scared for him. It'll be one of two things. It'll be amazing or terrible. Yeah, it's. I'm hearing. I I just hope they get good weather because if they don't, it's just going to be an absolute disaster. Like, yeah. Speaking of Craig about putting flies around at a couple of our stands that we've associated with, and I said to him, the wind and everything factor comes into it. Then you start going, oh crap! I feel sorry for the people that are going to be there with Melbourne's weather. But if they get some 21 degree days, pretty much the ultimate temperature, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. You couldn't get better. Oh. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent, and that's what we hope for. And it's you're, it's a roll of the dice. It really at is. Stage, the, at this stage, we're not talking on stage at the boat show. What are you yeah. going to be talking about at the boat show? Uh, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to do something different, mate. I'm going to talk about basically fishing hacks, 
things that you and I would do that we don't even think about, Aaron, like little things that just like maybe how you store your rigs or how to travel with a rod in the car or, you know, just how to cast better, just little things that we don't, we just take for granted, you know, like could be as simple as, you know, when I gummy fish with you offshore and you're using an easy rig, you use a chunky leader knot from where your shock leader joins your braid so that the easy rig can't slide up the braid. Mm, yep. Like little, just little things like that that we you pretty much take for granted, you know, that, that people don't don't often realise. Well, that's what I was going to talk about. Oh, okay. I'll change my plan. <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined it. No, it's, oh, uh, sorry. No, you got to talk about snapper and whitey and that. Yeah, that's I, what you think catch. Do, I think I'll do the normal basic stuff. I think I'll probably do the – well, everyone loves snapper. It's coming to snapper season. I think it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? I think it would, mate. And I knew you'd talk snapper, and that's why I'm sort of more going to go the other way. Um, but And it amazes me every year. Every time you do a talk or you do stuff, you know, that people go, oh, talk snapper, and you go, no, we've done so much snapper, but every year it just gets a crowd. And, and for good reason, mate, it's a, it's a great fish to catch, and it's the big thing on our fishing calendar. There is no denying it. It is the big thing on our fishing calendar here in Victoria. Before I throw to a break, great news for the fishing and boating industry, Lee. I don't know if you've seen this during the week, but $42 million recreational boating spent is being guaranteed for us Victorians for the next 12 months. Last year was $33 million, so just, uh, just, well, just under $10 million more, which is going to be – it comes from our licensing and uh, yep. rego fees, et cetera. But this goes to things like boat ramps, piers, all the infrastructure that's involved right in our recreation that we do. So that's awesome. Yep. Another, oh, it's great, mate. It's so, great. And there's been a lot of one, the ones they're already working on, like a lot of the inland lakes and, you know, there is a lot of saltwater ramps that are being upgraded. So, you know, they've already done a bunch, but to have that extra funding to do a bunch more will be next level. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more to come after the break. Lee and I are going to whip around the country to see what's biting. Lee's going to have his two bobs to say because Lee's been to a few to a, been to a few great places right around our great country. You're listening to Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger for work or play. Welcome back to Real Adventures. And before I get into the whip around, uh, Patrick, who knows where Patrick is? He could be anywhere, Lee. We've got, we've got <laughs> Lee, Lee Raymond talking out today. Patrick could be absolutely anywhere. Now, he's going to join us. Aaron, he doesn't know where he is right now. No, who knows? He's. Uh, I'm very going to be interested to see how his voice actually is when he comes when he comes to join us because he's had a big week, a lot of signings and uh, a, a few other things. I know they had a six hour signing day, Lee, where they had to sign. They had to literally all in a circle and jumpers just one after the other got signed. Six hours of premiership stuff. Like, wow. oh. I'm not sure if his voice or hand's going to be sore, but anyway, it's now time for the whip round for Jaco Sydney, your next great escape. Let your adventure begin with Jaco Sydney. And we've covered a bit of Vic at the start of the show, didn't we, Lee? There's a Mulloway coming out of the Glenal. You've spoke about squid. There's gummies. Barrel tuna offshore. We're not sure where they're going to be with the killer whales. So let's get straight into uh, New South Wales. Now, I'm not sure if you've seen, but there's been some great captures of yellowfin still getting caught out of Sydney too, Lee. Yeah, there has, mate. They're a little bit sporadic. Like, they're, you know, you could go today and get five and go tomorrow and get none. But, mate, they're good fish. They are good fish and they're feeding on souries and it's full visual stuff. Like, you know, 60 kilo tuna busting up, jumping six foot in the air and boys catching them on stick bait. So well worth doing. Fishing Angler's Reach. I'm not sure if you – actually, you probably are familiar Angler's with Angler's Reach, that's up at Convene up. That's yeah. about 
Angler's Reach was 40 minutes from my house in Cooma growing up. And you're, you're obviously a New South Wales boy from back in the day. Yeah. It explains a bit. Yeah. But the Browns have been seriously massive numbers this week in there, and there's a few rainbows in between. But the Browns are pretty big. They're, they're over a kilo, yep. kilo and a half Browns in there. Oh, yeah. That, see, that's what we're talking about with, you know, spring, the lakes rising, you know, flooding all the edges. Those big brownies come out of the deeper water where they've been feeding on yabbies, and now they're in on the edges just gorging on worms and bugs and everything like that. That's what that's all about. Uh, in the port hacking, the spring kings have yep. been going very good this week. Uh, live bait working the best uh, through the port hacking. Some nice kings, a lot of legals in there. Uh, I've yep. never fished in the port hacking. Have you had anything to do with it? I lived on port hacking. <laughs> So when I when I started working for Shimano when I was eighteen, I lived with the boss of Shimano, John Dunphy, and his house. Literally, I'd open my Venetian blinds of a morning and look out over Port Hacking, and I was a bit of a fishing pig, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> and basically, the best spot to catch kings in Port Hacking is right in front of Andrew Eddinghausen's house. Right. So yeah, just go to his place, have a beer off the balcony, and. Yep. Chuck load yep. out live bait. <laughs> that, that's it, mate. Yeah, that joint's turned on as a kingy fishery, and it, it makes sense. It gets this beautiful, clean ocean water flowing into it and good tide and all that sort of stuff, and that's why the kings go straight in there. Heading to WA, uh, it's hard to report on WA because it's obviously such a good fishery, but Ocean Reef, it's a place offshore that produces some massive King George whiting, and right now, roughly about 10 metres of water, there's fish being caught to 60 centimetres, Lee. Like, that, they're big whiting. What? What? Like massive whiting. I'd love to catch one that big. Just one. Just I'd just I'd be happy with half of one. It'd still be bigger than the ones we catch here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's fishing really well. Fishing the rocks around Perth Metro, the herring have been in great numbers and the tailor is thick as well. Of course, the herring make great bait for your snapper and your jewfish, of course. South Australia, the King George whiting out of Port Victoria. They're calling it the biggest schools they've ever seen in a, or they've seen in a long time. So really? that's pretty exciting. Uh, and they're big fish too. So there's fish from 45 to 50 plus centimetres. And South Australia obviously always produces fish up to 50 centimetres. Kangaroo Island uh, has been a hot spot for calamari this week. And, of course, big King George Whiting as well. Ned McHenry from the Adelaide Crows, Tad Real Adventures in a post this week. He got some fish right up to 50 centimetres too. So everywhere catches some 50 centimetre whiting except us, Leroy. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> heading to Tassie. Arthur's Lake, have you fished there? Yep, been there. Fished, I actually fished a lot with Paul Worsling. Right. And I fished it. We fished it years ago when we were doing Rex's show and caught heaps of trout, multiple times. Well, there's plenty going on right now. Small to medium trout, uh, little browns, little rainbows. And green spinners have been yep. the best method. Take us through spinners because I'm thinking spinners like as if a cod spinner in a way. They're different though. I've seen a photo of them during the week. Yeah, just a little bladed spinner, mate. Probably the most popular one, a well-known one, is a Celta. Um, but you've got MEPS, you've got all different brands. and that, But they're a great lure, man. They're just a small thing. The blade spins. They put out a lot of flash and vibration, and they're easy to fish. You cast them out, you wind them back, and they're good, too, for fishing all these shallow edges of the lakes and, and shallow runs in rivers. Because if you start cranking as soon as they hit the water, they only run about two or three inches deep. So they're perfect, again, for these fish on the edges at this time of year. Uh, Waterfall Bay. Now, Eagle Hawk next gone quiet, but Waterfall Bay, which isn't far away, is yep. holding some good fish right now. Mixed size, uh, a mixed size tuna. There were yep. a couple of bigger fish caught, but there's a lot of that 30 kilo fish getting caught and small skirts and divers uh, trolling them around that normal 12 kilometres working a treat there. It's a beautiful place, that part of the world, Tassie. 
Oh, it's unbelievable, like, just driving around those big cliffs and that. And the best thing, Aaron, about a 30-kilo tuner is they're heaps easier to wind in than a 100-kilo one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not going to sell that to me, I'll tell you what. Actually, you know what? I disagree with that because I reckon if we hooked a 30-kilo one, I'd probably have to wind one in where those big ones, I don't wind them in. I make the boys do the hard work. Yeah, I know. I know you do that. <laughs> I think, very quickly, I think you're very on quick the, to step away. Yeah, you were on the end of one of those uh, rods last yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> Queensland, the Tweed River is having a great run of dewfish off the beach and in the boat just offshore. Live bait has been the key for success. The Burnett River is fishing really, really well for big brim and cod right now, flicking baits or um, lures into the rock walls, letting the baits actually sink down slowly has worked really well. And obviously, whatever style lure you're using, working those uh, rock walls is, is the key. Is the key there? And but Queensland's a place. Of, the higher you go up, the better the fishing. But like I fished Noosa last time, and it was this time of the year it was nearly similar fishing to to Healy. Oh, was it? Like to our snapper season because they were yep. really trying to catch snapper. Like that's what they're. Oh, they love snapper. Love they love, love it, it, don't they? Like, sorry, I yeah. shouldn't be as if right now. But our snapper season, snapper's a big, big thing in Queensland. It's huge, mate, and they pull up there too. There's something about them. They just go like cut cats when you hook them. You get a five-kilo red there, and you will be like, ah, oh, it's a kingfish or something. They just go. These oceanic fish, those ones with the big high heads on them and that, they're just a different animal, and they're great to catch, and it makes sense. And they don't catch them in monstrous numbers like we can here. So, you know, it's one of those fish, you, I suppose, you just everyone wants to catch a big snapper and they they get them and they just love it and it makes sense but the bonus up there Aaron, is you get the bycatch like you can get a snapper one throw and a pearl perch the next and a yeah, fish right. the next it's just it's so good righto that was a whip around for jaco sydney let the adventure begin jaco sydney helping you on your next great escape it's now time for the social club for the next gen ford ranger everything you need for work and play. And the first question is from Isaac, and it's directed towards me, but I'm going to pass it on to you as well, Lee. Red, how do you re-up a baited jig for squid, now the big squid are in? Now, for me, I like to use Tommy Ruffs and salmon, and I actually like to run the run the actual spike through the anal region of the fish, where the anal fin is, and come out the mouth and actually use the snap swivel to hold the baited jig in place so it doesn't slide up your line. Now, you can get different style baited jigs regarding to what size bait you're using. But for me, that's the easiest way to do it. How do you rig it up? I rig exactly the same way, mate, especially, you know, when we're down in those areas like your part of the world where there's tide and also down the the entrance of Western Port and that. And the reason that I like to rig them that way, Aaron, is because the fish is facing the right way. So it sits better in the current because your gills aren't flaring out and all these fins, which then makes them lift up in the current. So they actually cut through the water better. But also when that squid grabs that bait, he tries to grab it up near the head, right? So when those prongs go into the squid, they tend to get him up around the top of his head, more closer to his eyes, which is the hard part of the squid. And I just find I don't lose as many. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. And that's the same similar technique to a squid jig. They grab it by the head and yep. they, well, the time you strike, if you actually strike correctly, you should traditionally hook the squid in the back of the head. Yep, exactly. And, right and, where you want it. And right where you want to hook it. Yeah, that's spot on. Uh, yep. I've made up the next question because I obviously have you as a guest today and you chopped me out. I want to know. What is your most memorable fish, Lee? You've been around the country. You've been everywhere. You've done it all. You've had great success in the in the fishing world. 
What is the, I guess, number one fish that you've caught and enjoyed the most? Um, that's a real hard one, mate. Probably would be swordfish, daytime swordfish. First yep. one I caught out of Malacuta because I just thought it would never ever happen. Um, that that was amazing. A six hundred estimated six hundred pound blue marlin off Montague Island. Um, that was cool and. At the other end of the scale, Aaron, my first genuine 10-pound brown trout out of the Snowy Mountains on the Yukonbeen River. Yeah, okay. Is that when you were young? No, mate, that, that was five or six years ago. Like, it, And that's why I think that one meant a lot. I'd lived there my whole life, and it took me that long to get one. I'd had multiple on, but to actually get that one to the bank was, yeah, something pretty cool. Now, the next question, you got fish, obviously, but where is your favourite destination fish a place to fish a place that draws you back for me it's always been eden for me i don't know it's just a place that i've gone with mates and i think i had a great time where's a place that you to go the most um south coast of new south wales is always dear to my heart because it was only an hour and a half from home in cooma um but the glenelg river down on the victorian south australian border we pass over on the way to port mac and stuff but the glenelg river is something special if you've never been there and i think it's it's A, the location, but it's B, the fact that that river holds a lot of mulloway, you know, so that that excites me. If you're heading to the Glenelg right now, now I've seen through the week some great captures of over a metre mulloway being caught. How yeah. are you fishing in there right now? Uh, this time of year, you've probably got, you've got two options. You've either got fresh fish that have come in from the ocean, and if that's the case, they're lower down in the system, and either towing live mullet very slowly behind the boat or casting plastics or big hard bodies is is dynamite for those big fish if they're upstream more than bait fishing with stuff like squid just like on your snapper rods is is absolutely killer way to catch them so you've got a couple of options there but um yeah if they're down the mouth mate and they're fresh fish they're big angry fish and they just they smash hard bodies and plastics and live baits it's just really exciting fishing they are good fish to catch they and they can be like snapper fishing can't they like it can really turn on Oh, mate, I've seen – I saw a boat there one day, these two guys anchored up down in the mouth. They had about four to six rods out, and they had rods going like on a hot snapper bite on metre mulloway. Like it was just one after another, double hookups, and we didn't have any bait, and they were just using fresh squid. And you, in the end, you're just like, this is ridiculous, and we had to leave because it was just making me want to throw up watching these guys. You're like, oh, they're on a double. Oh, they're on again. Oh, they're on again. And it was – it was full-on fishing, catching meat at Mulloway. Is there anything worse than being on a boat or on land and the person next to you catching fish? Like, <laughs> That's like, the worst. Like, you're on a hot snapper bite, someone, that even like you get mates. So say, for instance, you're cleaning up, you're on a snapper bite, oh, you call me, I move over next to you. You can just never get it the same, can you? <laughs> like, no. Nah. Just, nah. What the hell are you bloody doing? Yeah, um, I know. Whiting are the worst, aren't they? Like you could yeah, be whiting. bashing them. I could tie up on your boat, on the side of your boat, and you just keep catching them and I get nothing. And that's so important when you're whiting fishing to make sure you're hitting the same spots with a cast. Like just those, they'll 100%. be holding. The reason they're there, it's like a sand hole or there's a current running off an edge and the fish are sitting in that gutter. There's reasons that they're there. And that's why in certain parts of the world, down in Port Phillip Bay, we anchor in specific spots, and you actually got to sit in those on those marks where St Leonard's and your general basic uh, broad areas. You don't have to be as specific because it's a general area, but like yes. your, your specific areas, it's so crucial to be like that. Anyway, that was the Social Club. Uh, it's a uh, it's a massive show. Lee Rain has joined us, so thank you to Lee. But we have Cat's Premiership hero, hero 
Patrick Dangerfield joining his own show after the break, Lee, just to let you know. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Real Adventures. All aboard for Dometic. The new Dometic drinkware range goes with you anywhere. Brand new colours now available. Dometic.com. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for All Aboard for Dometic's new drinkware. Brand new colours now available. And I've got the yellow one, Patrick, and because Patrick is on the line. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, boys. And thank you, Leroy, for uh, for filling in. Um, the throat's been uh, hammered a bit this week, Lee, so I appreciate you uh, for stepping in this week, mate. I figured you need a bit of a chop out, mate. It's no dramas. Well... <laughs> Patrick, let's talk about uh, obviously what happened last weekend straight off the cuff because, well, for some it's none in a lifetime and for you at the moment it's once in a lifetime, could potentially be two next year because the Cats are going to win it again. How was it last week, mate? Saturday, unbelievable day. Go the Cats. How did you go? How was the whole experience of winning the grand final? Yeah, it was um, oh, It was quite extraordinary to be honest. It's Probably it's only now just starting to – to really settle in and and you know you you realize the the gravity of it all how much it means to the community but we've been sort of we've played some great footy right throughout this year and we we perfected our game on the biggest stage I just feel so so fortunate that um that we got it right and it was just so so amazing to be a part of um, yeah it, I lost the words really like it's just been um, unbelievable. Was, uh... hey, hey, Pat, on on that, playing a grand final like that, is that a game like you guys destroyed Sydney, okay? Is that how you envisage the game playing out in your mind? Or did you guys, would you guys like strive for a, a close game that you still win? Or are you just out there like winning by a huge margin is, is what you wanted? It's a, it's a great question, actually, because... You, you, you plan for, you know, this is going to be a wrestle. And yeah. and you, you, you're not tricking your mind, but you're in your head. It's like, yep, we plan for this. It's going to be a wrestle and we're going to work our way through it. Now, in your wildest dreams, and certainly in, in my wildest dreams, it was, imagine if we played the perfect game. And then my mind went there during the week. That, and we just, we started off like a house on fire and we continued yeah. on. And that's the way the game went. It was, it was so unbelievable in a sense because we just got it right. You know, so much of, of big finals, and I've been on the, you know, the receiving end of, of plenty of these. Lee and, and, and as that, the opposition's just ready, and you, you're a little bit off, and yep. you know the ball bounces the other way, and a little bit of luck goes against you, and and it was it was incredible to be on that on that end of of a perfect game. But, but, yeah, to, to answer your question, you hope for this and you dream of this because it enables you to actually really enjoy the moment. And at three-quarter time, I'll take you into the huddle. Joel said, well, boys, we've won it, but let's finish it off. And, and to hear the captain say, you know, we've won the game, then it's like, oh, my God, this is really going to happen. You know, something that you spend your whole life yeah. chasing and, and we're going to get there. Because, you know, that third quarter, we started so well and we really shut the door on the game. And, oh, it was – it's still – it gives me – it gives me tingles now just, just talking about it because, you know, to achieve something that has eluded for so long, it's um, 
Yeah, it was bloody incredible. Patrick, it's something that uh, I'll give you credit for. Over your career, you've prided yourself on your body. You've looked after yourself. You, your body's a temple. You've, you've looked after it other than chocolate. You've, you've done really, really well to <laughs> keep yourself in good shape, minimal injuries apart from the old man injuries lately. You've done really well. You've managed yourself through the whole year. I know I didn't know this till you told me on, I think it was Sunday you told me, you actually weren't completely off sugar for, I think you said, six to eight weeks or something. So you haven't had any sugar. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Catterick wins the flag. All hell breaks loose in Geelong. Uh, the CBD's taken over by every single person in Victoria nearly, I think. And then on a big night, big night, Saturday night. And then it moves into Sunday. And I was fortunate enough to catch up with you for a sneaky beer on Sunday and have a great day. The voice was starting to get a bit rattly. By that night, 9 o'clock, I think I left and you disappeared. I don't think you could speak. The body was a temple. Let's put it that way. Now you're destroyed like a like a temple in Bali, Patrick. The monkeys have taken over. How are you feeling? Well, like to to go back to you need luck in this game to you know to achieve great results, and we've been really fortunate to have really good availability. So we've been able to pick from the vast majority of our squad all year, yep. um, which is a key to success. So, and we had that again. I mean, Max Holmes is so close to, to playing, but just, you, you know, you, you can't take those risks in, in, in really big games. Um, but I'm not much of a, um, of a go-arouter, as you know, Aaron. <laughs> and um, I didn't uh, – I haven't slept a huge amount, and that sleep isn't going to get any better because Mard's my wife, she's pregnant. She's not far off giving birth. So, um it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a pretty big, uh, pretty big bump for us. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I don't think you're going to have a voice for quite some time, so I'll give you credit for actually joining join, join us today. But <laughs> celebrations, though, like going, the, the, the feeling of, like, I, uh, like I said, I, got, I was fortunate enough to come up uh, Sunday and catch up with you, but I've never seen anything like it in my life. To, to stand where we were, I was standing, then you guys to get up on stage and to look over potentially 20, thousand cats supporters then you played at the g in front of a hundred thousand what's going through your head well i tell you what it does do it, it does remind you of of covid like i remember playing a game against melbourne in the season and i've never played in a game where the result didn't even matter like once it finished i think we won the game from memory i can't really recall it that much because it just didn't mean anything because there were no supporters there you know the whole world essentially is in lockdown so if this season's done i think it just reminds you how important the fans and and the crowds are to the enjoyment of the game and you know to to have you know 20 odd thousand there to celebrate it with to share that moment with is um it's hard to describe because you don't realize just how much it means to so many people and and that community element of Geelong, like that's a that's a real thing. So to to have so many people come up and talk about how much it means to them, and uh, it's just been great to to share it with so many that go along for the ride, that share the emotional roller coaster that is AFL footy, the ups and the downs, and as much as possible as a club, we try and limit the emotion. So it's still a really enjoyable workplace to come into, regardless of whether we win or we lose, but. You know, for so long we'd gotten so, and it's hard to, 
it's hard to remove yourself from that disappointment sometimes because it is so close. But being able to actually stand triumphant at the end of the year, having achieved what we set out to do, and then to share it with the, as you said, the twenty odd thousand, that's just been, you know, a dream come true and and so bloody satisfying. Pat, I tell you what I, I did love too was your dress up day too old too slow (laughs) and especially the fact that no one had to actually buy an outfit because they would have just raided your wardrobe (laughs) (laughs) oh that's all waiting for this wasn't i (laughs) but no it was it was gold man i think the whole of australia just thought that was the best thing ever and the the funniest not the funniest part but we did have some um some feedback that it was um it was stereotyping, and the irony is that for so long Geelong has been that stereotyped club because of our age profile. So yeah. the fact that um, some people had their backs up about it, it did give us a bit of a, a, a chuckle with it all. But yeah, uh, like this is where it's just so critical. It's so critical to just enjoy the game, enjoy the sport, and to not take it too seriously. Like you know, that's something that hasn't been lost on us through, you know, 10 years of disappointment, really, because we've been close as a club but haven't quite got there. But we still celebrate the season and everyone's efforts to to give it a crack. And and it's, yeah, it's called Mad Monday, but really it's just celebrating the, the season and sharing moments with each other that, you know, this list will never be the same again. There's going to be changes. And we saw Joel retire yesterday that it, it will never be the same. So, it's important to, to share those memories and um, and to have a beer with your mates. And it was nice to be able to do that on um, on Monday. Speaking of uh, Joel retiring, one of the greats, I uh, got a lot more than more than a lot of respect for Joel. He's he's an icon of the game, but off the field, like I said, he's always just been a polite person. So I just want to say congrats to Joel uh, on here because you must be privileged to play with him. And we haven't got a hell of a lot of time, Pat. But I know that Lee had a question from his daughter. That, oh, no. that he wants answered, and he asked me. From Mia. Go on, go on, Leo. Yeah. Young Mia. So, <laughs> she's going to die, Patty. She, during the game, she's like, Dad, so Pat is definitely like one of my favourites. He's, you know, I love Pat. But why does he pull his socks up? He's such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually know that part of the question, but I had to do it. And I'm just like, I'm going to ask Pat. And she's like, don't. And she was screaming at me while the game's going on. I'm going, that's all right. I'll ask him. He'll tell me. <laughs> I idolised Nathan Buckley growing up. Absolutely idolised him. Still do, to be honest. I saw him after the game and I was actually too nervous to go up to him because, I don't know, I just was. I, I just loved him. And Buck's always played with his socks up and his jumper tucked in. Now, uh-huh. that was when they the design of the jumpers, it wasn't exactly great. You know, this was the, the late 90s, early 2000s. Everything was baggy, so you tucked it in to be nice and neat and proper. If I had a baggy jumper to still tuck in, I would be doing it like so, <laughs> Nice work. So, Mia, um, I, I understand I'm definitely not cool, especially with I compare myself to some of our younger players and I realise I am so far from cool it's not funny. <laughs> But um, it was my, he was my hero growing up, you know, and um, that's a little piece that I take out of, out of you know, how he looked and uh, that's why I wear the, the socks up. 
Nice. Oh, well, she's got her answer, and that'll shut her up. Morel's going for the one about captaincy, but we'll just leave that then. (laughs) No, (laughs) honestly, like, I can't imagine a – I can't imagine the team without Joel as captain. It's such a – like, it was a great day, but such a sad day as well because he he means so much, not only to the club, but to to me personally. And, you know, we all have these people in our lives who – you know, you, you learn stuff from the stuff, but but he he's a he's a an even bigger teacher of what it means to be humble, selfless, to put others before yourself. And I'm a better person for having you know had and spent time with him and having him in my life. Like yeah, and, and so many people have so many similar stories. He, he had this has this incredible ability to make you feel special, um, and I think if we all had a bit more of you know, Joel's selfless view on the world and an idea to build people up rather than tear people down. And we'd, um, you know, the, the world would be a better place, boys. Patrick, going to have to love you and leave you here, mate, because we're pushing for a bit of time. Thank you for joining your own show today and uh, <laughs> taking taking time out of your drinking schedule. Usually it's busy schedule, but drinking schedule to help us out. Uh, once again, we do have Lee chopping out for Pat this week, so thank you to Lee. We've still got one more, couple, couple more segments to go, Leroy. Pat, thank you again. Uh, we really appreciate it, and well done on the Cats win. No, thank you, boys, and uh, and thank you, Lee, for uh, for chopping me out. I owe you one, mate. <laughs> Anytime, mate, and congratulations, Patty. You guys deserved it. That was all aboard. The new Dometic drinkware range goes with you anywhere. Brand new colours now available, Dometic.com. Now it's time for Red's review. So this week, uh, Leroy, uh, I'm going to pass it on to you because you're always harping on about your little Stacer boat. Yep. You absolutely love it. It's a game changer, whether it's the fuel, the easy to tow, everything like it. What is your favourite item on the Stacer boat? You haven't got long, Leroy. You haven't got long. Okay, aside from electronics, because that's like flying blind without it, mate. Uh, for me, definitely the the casting platform up the front and then the the big motor on the back. It's just everything just works nicely. So that's that's it, no doubt. Yep. So there's no specific one item that you would you would you couldn't oh, without like the, fishing mate, fishing item. The boat's set up to do so much. So if I'm in an estuary or I'm casting, being on the front with the electric and the active target, you know, if I'm down the back snapper fishing or trolling for kings, probably one addition that I absolutely love, the most underutilized product in Australia is my downriggers. Just love them. You got to see them in action when we fish ball and marrow. Downriggers are a game changer and more people should be using them. Yeah, downriggers, they just catch in more fish, don't they? And you can, them, you can use them for every species now. You can, mate. You can bait fish in deep tidal water with them through to trolling for trout to trolling for kingfish and marlin. There's nothing you can't do with them. Yep, spot on. That was Red's Review. We'll see you after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger for work or play. Welcome back to Real Adventures for the next-gen Ford Ranger, everything you need for work and play. Leroy, I just want to say thank you very much for helping us out today. You've been a massive help. Uh, Patrick Gallivanting, who knows where he is. He was in the car, I sound like, before. But you've saved me today. You've chopped me out. It's time for Red's tip. So I thought it'd be kind enough to pass it over to you. All righty. My tip would be we're coming into a busy time of year. Everyone's fishing. 
<clears throat> when you get to the ramp, be organized. Get it. It doesn't matter if you're way before your launch. Make sure you get out, get the straps off the boat, get everything ready so you can launch as quick as possible. If you need a hand, sing out. And most of all, when you're moving, try and maybe do it a bit quick. You know, don't just wander up the ramp, taking your merry old time when there's 20 other boats trying to get in. I suppose just be respectful to other people. Be as organized as you can. Does the headlight things annoy you as much as it annoys me? Oh, does my head in, mate. <laughs> does my head in. Look, everyone does it. You forget, I forget. If someone's done it, don't scream at them. Just go down, go, mate, can you turn your headlights off, please? That's all it needs. Do you know another factor as well with the headlight part of it, Leroy, is some new cars these days, you actually yep. can't turn the headlights off. No, I know. Very annoying. Very annoying. My car is one of them. I can get it to like a really low beam. But they yep. do not – I've had so many people abuse me. I had a bloke at the uh, ramp oh, probably a year ago or two years ago now, and he literally, you should know better than this and that. I literally got out of the boat. My mate was in the car. I walked over to him. I passed him the keys, and I said, show me how to turn my lights off. Yep. And come over, and he literally couldn't do it. He ended up apologising, but he could not turn my lights off. No, unfortunately, yeah. that's one of the things. So that's what I'm saying. Don't need to get angry at each other. Just ask yep. someone to turn their headlights off. But if you see Aaron, just abuse him anyway. I do. I'm used to it. It just comes in. It's now time for the flying gaff, Pat. Uh, Leroy, this is a good one. There was a yacht that – well, when I say good one, it's a bad one. There was a yacht that crashed on the Calbarry Oyster Reef during the week, and he has done itself a serious mischief. It's not going to recover from that. That whole boat's basically written off. But yeah. the gaff goes to them. But is there anything worse than running a – like, it's a shocking feeling. <laughs> it's not a good feeling when you feel that first initial bump. Yeah. Like, oops. And especially if you go a little bit quick and you're going to be high and dry. No, nah, not a good thing. And that's, I suppose we're lucky these days, mate, with our GPSs and that. They are so good and 99% accurate that if you sort of keep an eye on that, in most cases, you are, you are, you know, pretty, pretty home and hose. Like years ago, Western Port was such a disaster driving around. You, you either run aground or you're going to run aground. So we're pretty lucky nowadays. Yep, you're absolutely spot on. The only problem is when the banks change and stuff like that with tidal. That's right. You just got to keep updating your map so you can keep that's on top. Right. Of and also, you just got to be aware. I think too many people also go, "Oh no, the GPS says that that's that's okay." And as you said, banks move, so you've got to use your your brain as well. And if it looks shallow or whatever, then you know, take it easy or stay away from it. Leroy, thank you once again. You're being listening to Real Adventures. I'm going to try and go out fishing. Who knows where Lee is? What are you doing? You go and catch fish. Yeah, going to go fishing for sure. <laughs> we'll see you next week. We'll have Pat back and hopefully as a guest soon. We'll see you soon. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why Tyre Power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.